Just stay standing for a minute, if you would, and if you guys wouldn't mind just staying on the platform. The Apostle Paul was put in prison, and he was writing a letter to the church at Philippi, and I want to just address something there tonight, and then we're going to pray for a few moments and just do whatever the Lord would have us to do and to say. But uh, he's speaking about the supply of the Spirit that the church at Philippi would bring to him while he was in chains. And he said, I have an expectation that things are about to turn. And he said, in verse 18, he said, What then notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And therein, he says, I rejoice and I will rejoice. No matter what, Jesus is going to be glorified and he's going to be preached. And that's what the Apostle Paul was all about, about Jesus. And he said, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation. In other words, I'm expecting things to turn around for me. I may be in prison now, but you know what? It's not going to be long before I'm released. One way or the other. You know, to depart and to be with Christ is better by far, but it's needful that I'm here for your benefit. And he said, this shall turn to my salvation or deliverance. Now notice the vehicle through your prayer, through your prayer and through the supply of the spirit. Prayers ought to be energized by the Holy Spirit. And so there was their prayers and there was the Spirit in one accord. And it brought a supply for deliverance. And he said, it is according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, Christ may be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. In other words, Paul saying, blessed be the Lord God, things are turning around. Hallelujah. Through your prayer and through the supply of the Holy Spirit. And when I look at the end of the month of July and the beginning of a new month, I just can't help in my spirit but believe some things are going to turn for you. I'm not exactly sure what needs to be turned. You know what needs to be turned. But we believe that's turning. Things are turning around. Some of you may be turning a corner. Some things that you've gone after in prayer and sought and desired. Hallelujah. It's turning for your benefit. It's turning for your salvation. Amen. Might be physical. So if you're here tonight and you want something to turn, I want you to come to the front. And by the 
spirit of prayer. And by the supply of the Holy Spirit, we're going to pray. Said, For I know this shall turn to my salvation. Because of the supply of the Spirit and because of the Spirit of prayer. Thank you for turning it, Lord. Marra dalabadi ela lololo bosa lela mondo ramashe yemo somnite lekala Oh Father thank you for angelic assistance We loose the angels ministering spirits go now and do what you've been assigned to do Do what you've been assigned to do to cause turn around Turn around. Oh, Broco Sheila. Woo! My, 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 my. Oh, my Kilite. Hallelujah. Things are turning around. Things are turning around for me. Things are turning around for you. Things are turning around for our nation. Things are turning around for the Bay Area. Oh, thank you, Father. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. For many shall turn unto you. Many shall turn away from and then turn to you. Woo, my, my, my. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now hold fast to the profession of your faith without wavering. When it looks and it seems like things aren't turning. Declare right in the face of that lie. Yeah, you're a liar, devil. Things are turning for me. Glory to God. Things are turning for me. Things are turning for my family. Things are turning for my nation. Things are turning around. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm sure glad I came tonight. I'm thankful for the atmosphere, the spirit of prayer, the spirit of prayer, the spirit of prayer. Oh, brekishtea, mingalopostea. Many things can be accomplished in this kind of atmosphere. This atmosphere of corporate anointing and corporate prayer brings a great supply that causes not just one to flee, but thousands to flee. For I said in my word that one will put how many? But how many is the next? Glory to God. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Things are turning for me. Things are turning for you. Amen. Well, you may be seated. I'm encouraging the Lord tonight. We'll see which way the wind blows tonight. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Open your Bibles, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We've been in a series along the lines of the spirit of faith. And as we said Sunday, the spirit of faith is not just logging scriptures. It's just not having head knowledge of the Word, but it's when the Word of God takes root in your life 
and you become firmly established and rooted and grounded in the faith. To where it becomes in your life the spirit of faith. To where everything that you do, you face mountains, glory to God, with confidence. Not intimidated by the mountain. Not mountain watchers, but mountain movers is what we are. Amen? Not dreading, not backing down, and not backing off. But with the Spirit of God upon us, and the anointing upon us, and the Spirit of faith coming out of our mouth, hallelujah, we're moving forward, moving in stronger, and glory to God, we will see the will of the Lord be done in our lives. Amen? Thank God. Look at your neighbor and say, I have, and you have, the Spirit of faith. You got a measure of mountain moving faith. See, mountains need to hear your voice. Mountains don't need to, to, to be talked about how big they are and how bad they are. We need to talk to our mountains about how big our God is and how good our God is. Hallelujah. Mountain moving faith, Brother Don. Good to see you. Give me a hug, man. Hallelujah. Good to see you, my brother. Thank you. This Pastor Don Cheadle from Dallas, Texas, was our youth pastor for a number of years. We want to welcome him. Let's give him a big hand. Amen. Good to see you, Brother Don. Hallelujah. And so the mountains we face, they need to hear our voice. Our voice. Our voice. Our voice is important. Especially when our voice is filled with the anointed one. Filled with the word of God. Hallelujah. Now look at with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And notice with me in verse 13. Hallelujah. It says, we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Now, yesterday, Pastor Nancy and Brenda and I were in Brenda's office, and she brought up just a beautiful translation of this 13th verse. I don't think we have it up there, but it's in the voice translation. And if you want to get a lot of Bible translations and different translations that you can look at, like the message, the Amplified, the NLT, the NIV, God's Word translation, and so on, go on Bible Gateway online. Just do BibleGateway.com. Plug a scripture in there, and then there'll be a tab there so you can look at all these different translations. But this one is the voice. And it says this. We having, well, let me read it out of my notes. We share the same spirit of faith as the one who wrote the psalm. And the one who wrote the psalm was David. So we could say this. We have the same spirit of faith that David had. Amen. As the one who wrote the psalm, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and I love this, and that belief leads us to acknowledge. It's one thing to believe, but then there must be the acknowledgement of what we believe. There must be the release out of our mouth of what we believe in our heart. 
Now, we're not going to, to go and review all the different people that we've looked at, but we've been looking at Hebrews chapter 11, and we've talked about several people, how that their faith was demonstrated. Years ago, Dr. Lester Sumrall wrote a book called Faith is Like a Diamond. And really, faith is like a diamond. It has so many beautiful facets and so many different sides to faith. We understand from Enoch that faith was a walk. From Abraham that faith obeys. Abel, faith gives the very best. Amen? Now tonight I want to pick it up in verse 17 through 19. And again, we're going to look at Abraham for a while. You know, I was going to shut the series down. But you know what? We're not only halfway through the the chapter. And there's a whole lot more in here that we can glean. All right? So, Father, we thank you for your heaven's help tonight to minister life, to minister your word, and to minister encouragement to your people in the mighty name above every name, the name of Jesus. Now, notice, by faith, Abraham, in verse 17 through 19, when he was tried, Abraham was tried. He did offer up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. First and foremost, we see a type here. Abraham offered up his only begotten son. God offered up his only begotten son. Now, as far as Abraham was concerned, even though Isaac did not die, as far as Abraham was concerned, the sacrifice was complete. Because in his heart, he was willing, he was able, and he was ready to go through what God had commanded him to do. Verse 18, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Verse 19, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. So this word accounting means that it was a very decisive And it was a very calculated act. What Abraham did was this. Is he accounted God's promise worthy of confidence. I like verse 19 in another translation. It says this. And he concluded that God was capable of raising him from the dead. Is our God able to raise up dead things? Dead limbs, dead livers, dead pancreas, dead relationships, dead finances. We serve a God who raises the dead. Hallelujah. And so in verse 19, he concluded that God was capable of raising him from the dead, which which figuratively is indeed what happened. From the dead, from which he also received him. And so we see here in Abraham, as far as he was concerned, Isaac was as good as dead. But it was from the dead that he received him back. And it is in a manner, really, that prefigured the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because Abraham did not withhold his son in his heart, God did not withhold his son. And I love this verse of scripture in John 8. Where the Bible speaks of Abraham and Jesus said this. He said, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. Abraham saw something. 
Abraham accounted that God was faithful. And so when Abraham was in this position where he was given a promise, and then he was given a command, the promise was, you're the father of many nations. In your seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed. And then immediately he was given a command that seemed to contradict what he was given as a promise. And so Abraham had a choice to make. And here's what he did. He obeyed the command. And he let God take care of the promise. In life, we're going to receive commands from him. Is he not our commander in chief? Does he not know the very end from the beginning? Does he not know what is best for our life? Even though what may be going on in our lives seems to contradict these exceeding great precious promises that we've stood on. But nonetheless, we're going to trust him and we're going to obey him and we're going to let the great performer perform his promises on our behalf. Amen? And so, that's exactly what Abraham did. Now let's look at Isaac's faith. Verse 20. By faith. Everyone say, by faith. So what did Isaac do? He blessed. These were his sons, right? Did you know that you can bless your sons? And you should bless your daughters? He blessed them. He blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. And I want to look at verse 21 as well. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying... He blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, and he leaned upon the top of his staff. Now let me read it in another translation that will clarify exactly what's going on here. By an act of faith, Isaac, I love this, he reached in to the future. Did you know, Bresseve nest? Even what I just said in the realm of the Spirit could be going out into the future and affecting a future event. But your words, fueled by faith, energized by the Holy Spirit, it can reach into the future. Man, that's powerful. Chart your course by the words of your mouth directed by the Holy Spirit. He reached into the future. He blessed Jacob and Esau. And by an act of faith, Jacob on his deathbed blessed each of his sons in turn, blessing them with God's blessing, not his own, as he bowed worshipfully upon his staff. The Amplified says, with eyes of faith, Isaac looking into the future, he invoked a blessing upon Jacob and Esau. If my boys are around me, when I'm ready to go be with the Lord, if I don't get raptured, I'm going to speak a blessing on them. And you know what it's going to do? It's going to go out into the future. And affect and impact their lives. But you don't have to wait till you die to start invoking blessing upon your loved ones. Ooh, glory to God. 
Son, you're blessed coming in and you're blessed going out. You're quick, you're bright, you're sharp, you're good looking. There's nothing you can't do in and through the anointed one who lives in you. We need to be breathing into our offspring faith. And that's what these guys did. I remember years ago when Dad Hagen would teach on faith, he would also teach on the gift of faith. And he would talk about that through the gift of faith, miracles happen as words of faith are released in a certain direction. Maybe it's a physical body. Maybe it's finances. But there is something that is available to the believer, I believe, that's beyond just our general faith. I believe the Spirit of God can come upon us. And that even the gift of faith can come upon us. And we can speak things here and now that will affect the futures of people around us. Amen? Amen? Amen. Just food for thought. Now notice, let's go over to Joseph. Let's go look look at Joseph. You suppose Joseph was a man of faith? (laughs) Man, he went through a lot, didn't he? But one thing about Joseph is is he didn't whine and cry and complain. He was put in a pit. He was put in prison. But you know, you can't keep a good man down. He didn't whine and complain while he was in the pit. He didn't whine and complain because he was wronged by Potiphar's wife. But he just stayed true to the things that he knew in his heart. And you know what? If you'll do that, No matter what might be happening in your life, it just may seem like life is the pits right now. Remember, God can take you from the pit to make you prime minister. Hallelujah. So, let's look at Joseph. This is is neat. I never saw this before. I, I saw this yesterday and I'm excited to share it with you. Verse 22. It says, Now, by faith, Joseph, when he died... He'd made mention of the departing of the children of Israel, and he gave commandment concerning his bones. Huh. So he had a will. He had his intentions that were known concerning his bones. Now, I'm going to say this because I've pastored for 35, 36 years now. And I discover that a lot of people are not ready with the instructions that they want when their loved ones die. And I think it's good to do so. Whether it be a will or whether it be a living trust, I think it's a wise thing to do. That's just an advertisement for something I have going on the side. I I put together wills and living trusts. Not really. Now, another translation says, By faith Joseph at his life's end predicted, and I would say it this way, prophesied that the children of Israel would make an exodus from Egypt. And he gave instructions that his bones be buried in the land they would someday reach. He made mention of this in Genesis 50 verse 24. Let me quote it to you. He said, God will surely visit you 
and bring you out of this land to the land of which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob? How many of you know that Joseph was prophesying and he knew it to be true? And because he knew that where they were would not be where they'd end up, he didn't want his bones to be buried where he was. He wanted his bones to go to the land of promise. So when he died, he was never buried. Joseph's coffin was laid above ground for 400 years or so until it was taken back to Canaan. What was this? This was a witness all those years that Israel was going back to the promised land. And all during the time, kids would walk by and they'd look at Joseph's coffin. Mom, Dad, what is it here for? Why wasn't it buried? And they could answer, because the great man Joseph didn't want to be buried in Egypt, but in the promised land that God would one day lead them to. Woo, glory to God. I like it. Don't bury me over there in Egypt. Bury me in Canaan. Hallelujah. Anyway, he did that by faith. Now let's look at Moses. Verse 24. Moses. It says, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years... He refused. Say this with me. Faith at times refuses. You could do a message called faith is a refusal. There are some times that you have to refuse things that look good. And that might be tempting to your flesh, but are not God. Everything that feels good is sure ain't not God. We live in the feel-good generation. If it feels good, do it. Well, a lot of people did it and they're dumb. Food for thought. But when he came to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Moses showed his faith when he let God chart his destiny instead of letting Pharaoh do it. Don't let anyone chart your destiny, but Almighty God. Hallelujah. So, in the next verse, in verse 25, it says, Choosing, faith is a choice. Faith is a choice. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to what? Come on, participate. Than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for what? How many of you know that sin is pleasurable, but it has a season? And the season ends. Many of us found out the hard way. But Moses was smart. He chose temporary difficulties. Come on, somebody. You know, the Bible says that there will be afflictions. I don't like preaching about afflictions much, but there are afflictions. 
The Apostle Paul said to his son Timothy, endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. He said, yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer what? Shall suffer persecution. When the word is sown in a man or woman's heart, persecution and affliction arises for the word's sake. And a lot of people don't make it to the hundredfold, not even the 60 or the 30, because they give up because of the pressure. You've been through some difficulties, have you not? But have you found out that the difficulties and the afflictions you face, if you faced it with the word according to the will of God and the plan of God, has built in your life some character and perseverance And some experience for the future. You don't get a lot of amens in preaching like that. But I hear the psalmist saying tonight, many, many, many's not a few. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. The fact that he delivered them out of them means they were in them. And so people who think that we preach a message where there's no difficulty or no tribulation, they're not telling the truth about us. But on the other side of the affliction is the deliverance. On the other side of the prison, there's salvation. And it comes by the supply of the prayer and the spirit of Jesus Christ. Whoa, are you ready to shout a little bit? Hallelujah. Tests, plural, can turn into testimonies. Plural. And my brothers and sisters, when you've got a testimony, you better tell it. Because it does a couple of different things that I know of. I'm sure it does more than than I know. (laughs) But a testimony glorifies God, but it also releases the spirit of freedom and deliverance for those that are going through similar things that you just come out of. And I don't really understand it that much, but there... And when the spirit of prophecy comes upon you to testify, there is a mosebre de shteya. There's a release and there's an anointing that fills the room for breakthrough. That's exactly right. Everyone say breakthrough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You hear the testimony someone got delivered from cancer? You ought to say, me too. AIDS, me too. Hepatitis, me too. Whatever. It's mine. I have it now. Hallelujah. Amen. So don't keep the testimony to yourself. Don't keep the goodness of God to yourself. But shout it from the housetops. Tell what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. And those who know how to rejoice will surely rejoice with you. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, here's another aspect attached to what I just said. Uh, God's no respecter of persons. What belongs to one belongs to all. Amen. 
So he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures for a season. Say it with me, faith Faith. is a choice. choice. You know what? It takes faith to make the right choice. Isn't life full of choices? He said, choose you this day whom you will serve. It's a choice. You can, you can choose to live holy or you can choose to be as carnal as a whole hoot all. Right? You can choose to live right for God every day of your life or at the last moment try to ride the altar bench in. I don't know about you. I don't want to ride any altar bench in. I want to be in the perfect will of God when the trumpet sounds. You? Is that you? That's all of us. Amen. So it takes some faith to make the right choice. Now notice the next. Choosing rather to suffer affliction, this choice had consequences. Moses knew that to go God's way meant to suffer affliction rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Verse 26. Esteeming. Now I looked up the word esteeming this afternoon. And the word esteeming means to value highly. It means estimating. It means prizing, to prize. And so Moses esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Wow. Don't you know he had to make a choice? Because from a natural point of view, he had the world at its fingertips. But he knew and he esteemed And he valued much more highly the reproach of Christ. Because why? Because he looked ahead to a coming reward. He knew that the reward that he would get at the end of his life was so much greater than any gold, any silver, anything that the world has to offer. You know, I've heard many say this before, but I'll say it. For me and my house, I tell you, I wouldn't trade Jesus and the anointing if you gave us the state of California to put in our back pocket. I wouldn't change it. How about you? Everyone say, Jesus. I'm valuing him. I'm esteeming him. And I'm apprising him. Above all others. Next verse. By faith. These are all by faith. By faith he forsook Egypt. He didn't fear the wrath of the king. For he endured. Faith forsakes. Faith endures. He endured as seeing him who is invisible. Moses. Natural eyes. Could see the danger of Pharaoh. And he understood the dangers of him remaining in Egypt. But by his eye of faith, come on somebody, he could see him who is invisible. And he understood that God was a greater fact in his situation than the anger of old Pharaoh. Well, Brenda preached a great, Pastor Brenda preached a great message Sunday night. I'm telling you, can you see the God who sees you? 
No more distractions. Moses endured by looking at him. Come on, somebody. You might not see visibly yet, but keep your eyes on him who might be invisible at this moment. And let God be God in your life. So in closing, let me just say this. The message says, by an act of faith, I love this, he turned his heel on Egypt. He just turned his heel. Indifferent to the king's blind rage, he had his eye on the one no eye can see. And he kept right on going. Kept right on going. And through faith, verse 28, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch him. How did Moses show his faith by keeping the Passover? He showed it by being obedient to the command of God. You know, it took faith to believe that the blood of a natural lamb on the doorpost would save a household from the terror of the angel of death. But Moses had faith. And he led the nation of Israel in observance to the Passover. Hallelujah. And you know what? I'm glad he did. Because that blood on the doorposts is a type and a figure for us of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That we don't put it on the doorpost naturally but we apply it to every area of our life. Come on, stand up, everybody. Let's raise our hand in obedience to the Word of God. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we thank You for Your Word tonight. We thank You that things are turning. Glory to God. The fire is burning. Hallelujah! The fire of God is burning in our hearts. Hallelujah! Lorabasata. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I don't know what else to do tonight, but just shout and get happy. Glory to God. Thank you. Let's just thank Him that things are turning.